You're listening to Atlas of Chiropractic, the show where we uncover upper cervical chiropractic care for healthcare professionals, students, and potential patients. I'm Dr. John Stenberg, and with my co-host, Dr. Cameron Bearder, we are your guides to a behind-the-scenes look at the science and practice of upper cervical chiropractic. Welcome back to the Atlas of Chiropractic podcast. Got a solo show today. I've, I've been thinking a lot about uh, this particular topic. I mean, I really started thinking about it in school, and it's been front of mind for the past you know seven years that I've been in practice. But this year in particular, I mean, I was at a lot of conferences and seminars this year, and just thinking of through some observations about uh, thought patterns of highly effective clinicians. And I just wanted to put some thoughts down and, and share them with you. And uh, curious to see if you guys have observed these same things too. Uh, but I think there's a lot to learn from these highly effective clinicians um, in, in their the way that they approach care. So there's two categories of highly effective clinicians that I wanted to kind of break this up into. Um, one is the rule breakers and one is the rule followers. Okay, so... I don't want to suggest that one's necessarily better than the other, and I hope there's not like a negative connotation to those, but it just seemed like a, a correct way to categorize these different types of approaches. And so I'd like to first just start with the thought patterns that I've observed that they have in common, and then we'll get into the differences and uh, some conclusions. So thought patterns they have in common. Attention to detail, first and foremost. And, and this is consistently you know, not just in a complex case, not just when things get tricky, but all the time. You know, there are standards for clinical procedures, whether it's exam, intake, adjustments, daily checks, progress exams, uh, outcome assessments, goals. I mean, the way that they approach clinical care is methodic, is systematic, and is consistent. And uh, I think there's you know, tendencies to want to take shortcuts at times. And it's easy to do that, but highly effective clinicians don't ever take shortcuts. They don't take the easy way out. Uh, they pay attention to the details. You know, we know the devil's in the details, and I think that's uh, worth considering. Another thing they have in common is curiosity. And I, and I would say this means staying intellectually stimulated by their work, right? They're, they're attending seminars. They're reading research. They're collaborating with other healthcare professionals. They're staying engaged with their subject matter, right? And they're really pursuing subject matter expertise uh, in this field of upper cervical care. And so that means they show up. It means they contribute. It means that they are actively seeking new information and uh, aren't just kind of resting on their laurels or becoming complacent with the knowledge they have, but the, the curiosity and the excitement and the intellectual stimulation that their work brings, I think provides a level of energy uh, that is contagious, you know, not just in your practice, but in, in the upper cervical profession. Last of the thought patterns they have in common, and this is maybe more of a personality trait, but it does apply to your thinking is uh, humility. Keeping patient care in front of mind with all this. There, there are so many different, you know, things to get excited about, to get upset about, you know, to register some emotional intensity about with, with, you know, the things that we're passionate about. 
that I've noticed that these highly effective clinicians, they're humble. You know, that they, they always default back to what's in the best interest of the patient. How can I help the patient better? Get better results, you know, with fewer adjustments, more effectively and efficiently for the patients. And how do I do that reproducibly and consistently? Um, they they have a patient-centered approach rather than a doctor-centered approach, which is look at me and look what I can do and look at how great I am. Uh, and, and, you know, it's all about me. That's, that's not how they approach things. Another point with humility is that they lean into their strengths uh, while acknowledging their weaknesses. And while they make an effort to improve their weaknesses, I find that a lot of times highly effective clinicians, and this is probably true with their businesses as well, they delegate or hire around their weaknesses. So rather than spend too much time on, on the weaknesses, they seek to improve them, but they really focus in on their strengths. Uh, and I think that's an interesting way to approach clinical care is, is what am I really good at? How do I do that the best way possible? And how do I fill in the gaps with other people who are strong in areas where I'm weak? I think that's a really interesting way to approach it. So those are the thought patterns that they have in common. And some of the others may overlap as well, but I want to kind of dis differentiate now uh, between the rule breakers and the rule followers. And we'll start with the, the rule breakers. And this is not, by the way, this is not a contemporary thing. I think if you look through the history of chiropractic and upper cervical, these thought patterns uh, would be consistent as well. Rule breakers reject dichotomous thinking. They don't like this black and white, right or wrong type of approach uh, to clinical care, but they appreciate the nuances and, and remain flexible within their boundaries. And what I mean by that is, you know, at some point we all have to choose what things we do and what things we don't do, right? And those boundaries can be uh, pretty tight for some people and pretty broad for others. But uh, the rule breakers really don't like this, well, you should do it this way because it's the way it's always been done type of mentality and the, the right versus wrong. A classic example would be, should you adjust full spine with upper cervical? I mean, that's not even a question, you know, for, for rule breaker types. They're like, if it's in the best interest of the patient and it's, you know, reasonable within my clinical boundaries, I'm going to do anything and everything I can to work toward the end result. Maybe I include that, maybe I don't. But it's not so um, emotional, you know, with those types of conversations. Speaking of, I mean, rule breakers like to push technique boundaries. And sometimes they're criticized for, quote, reinventing the wheel on this. Um, but I think flirting with the boundaries of what they've learned from techniques and mentors or even just conventional wisdom comes naturally to them. And, and they don't feel intimidated or insecure with pushing the boundaries, but feel motivated to flirt with those boundaries and see, you know, what happens on the other side. And, and I know that this is a trait that may draw some critique or some criticism, but if we think about it, this is a trait that all of our heroes exhibited to us, right? From, from BJ to Dr. Blair, Dr. Grostick, Reggie Gold, Sid Williams, Scott Rosa, you know, pick, pick your guy or gal. I think in hindsight, the people that push the boundaries and break the rules sort of initiate things that we look back on as, you know, steps forward. And so uh, I, I think that's a, not necessarily a threatening trait, but one that, um, you know, we need to embrace and direct, you know, direct that energy productively. In the short view, this particular one, again, it could be perceived as arrogant, maybe even self-aggrandizing. 
uh, or or some folks might even feel antagonized, you know, by the rule breakers wanting to push technique boundaries. But in the long view, again, it's it's these types of uh, pushes forward are often reviewed in hindsight as groundbreaking, innovating, uh, and a step in the right direction as far as progress for upper cervical. And it comes back to those other you know, thought patterns in common, the, the humility, if you lead with humility on that and you, you lead with intellectual curiosity on that, I think that kind of helps work around some of the, the negative connotations with pushing technique boundaries. Another thought pattern of highly effective clinicians that are rule breakers, um, early adopters of new ideas and technology. You know, I think what others might see as shiny objects or just the next fad, uh, rule breakers see as an opportunity, you know, a new frontier to pursue and to test and to, to find out what it has to offer us. They're quick to act in a different way when inspired. And uh, this, this may lead to some perceived failures, you know, or, or this idea that these people are always iterating or changing what they're doing. But I mean, that's the process of innovation, right? I mean, there's got to be testing and, you know, trial and error and inevitably some failures. So if you're afraid to fail, I mean, you'll just never really do anything interesting or anything that breaks through. And I think rule breakers might just have a little bit more of a tolerance for failure with that stuff, you know, and they're a little bit more uh, prone to lean into those failures to move forward and to move beyond. Uh, so CBCT is, is probably in upper cervical the easiest uh, application of this idea. I mean, a lot of folks are really excited and hot and heavy about CBCT. And then you've got the folks that go, well, wait a minute. You know, just because this is a new imaging modality doesn't mean we all need to abandon ship and, and jump on it. We need to vet it. We need to test it. We need to understand, you know, its merits and its drawbacks. And we need to, you know, pursue this thoughtfully and not just because it's the new latest and greatest thing, just go all in on it. So, so that example itself just kind of leads to how these differences of opinion or these different thought patterns might be at odds sometimes in the upper cervical community. So that's for the rule breakers. Now for the rule followers, and again, I don't want that to sound like, you know, rule breakers are rebellious and rule followers are follow, are just sheep, you know, that are blindly following. I hope that uh, you can understand my heart on, you know, these distinctions, but here's, here's what rule followers uh, bring to the table as highly effective clinicians. They stay grounded in principles, and I don't just mean chiropractic principles, like philosophical principles. But I'm talking about foundational concepts that have stood the test of time. And these folks are really rooted in historically reliable information, ideas, procedures, uh, things that have stood the test of time. These folks often keep us rooted to our past. They keep the legacy of our technique forefathers or the family tree or the leaders of chiropractic front of mind. They, they remind us where we've come from, the progress that has been made, and the innovations that have taken place over time and the reasons for those. Uh, these folks also seek to master fundamentals, meaning they may dedicate years to mastering the ins and outs of a technique from every single angle, right? understanding its theory, its applications, its step-by-step -step processes, uh, and they often end up teaching, mentoring, and even speaking as the authority on the subject matter of a technique. And this is really important. You know, as developments do take place in chiropractic, we need people to standardize and get more practitioners to adopt those developments consistently over time so that our 
upper cervical procedures are scientific, you know, so that they're not just whatever you'll feel like doing in the day on the day and call yourself a Blair chiropractor, or an AO chiropractor, or a Nuka chiropractor. It's it's making the brand equity of these techniques and these chiropractic organizations actually mean something by having reproducible standards that the clinicians that practice the techniques can be held to. And, and this leads to things like, you know, certification processes and recertifying and becoming an instructor. All the, all the you know, standards and procedures of a clinical approach, uh, they get handled by these folks because they're mastering these fundamentals and they're finding ways to, you know, cut the learning curve to mastering the fundamentals for subsequent generations of chiropractors. And these are often the folks that are responsible for testing and appraising these new ideas that come along in light of the tried and true methods. And, and they are the ones that will sort of be looked to to weigh in on you know, where does a new modality like CBCT fit in? How quickly and how do we adopt this? And you know, does it break our standards or protocols? Do we need to refine our standards and protocols? How do we update our testing procedures to utilize this new technology? And these, these are things that you know, take time and effort and these uh, you know, rule followers or the folks that seek to master the fundamentals often end up being the ones that you know, help answer those questions. Last trait here of the rule followers, they have clear clinical boundaries. A lot of times these folks abide by the quote, jack of all trades, master of none ethos, and they know who they are, what they have to offer, and they're okay with focusing in to the exclusion of all other options. I think this, especially by rule breakers or from outsiders looking in, this can sometimes be perceived as quote, settling, but I disagree. These folks aren't easily swayed by fads, gimmicks, you know, the next best thing, the shiny objects that come along. And at some point, we all have to, again, back to boundaries, we all have to choose our clinical boundaries. You know, what things we do in our clinics, what things we don't do, when we refer, how we refer, just the scope of what we feel we can be most effective with our time serving patients with. And so, you know, while these folks may seem to be kind of close-minded, you know, from the, the rule breaker types, it's actually not. I think it's having clear clinical boundaries and staying in your lane and understanding where you're strong again and understanding you know when you're out of your depth and uh, not choosing to go out of your depth and, and I respect that so with a couple of those observations I mean I have a few conclusions we've all seen interactions between these two types of highly effective clinicians like the classic is the Facebook arguments you know the groups that happen uh, the chats that happen in these groups about you know, how we do procedures and what is this x-ray finding? I mean, all these kinds of, you know, arguments that go on. I think it's natural for these perspectives to be at odds. Um, and it's important to remember that, that people are the way they are for reasons. You know, if you, if you think about the biopsychosocial aspects to providers or folks that provide clinical care, you know, there's a lot that goes into the things that we value, the things that we prioritize, what we feel we need to do you know, as good stewards of our profession and of our clinical experiences with patients. And, you know, we don't know all the ins and outs of everybody's life and their personal experiences and why they think the way they do. So, you know, when these antagonistic conversation happens, I think it's natural for these different perspectives to be at odds. You'll hear things from rule followers, you know, like, well, these people don't have enough experience yet, you know, to make these conclusions, right? And then from the rule breakers, you'll hear them say things like, well, those rule followers, they're just doing the same thing we've always done. You know, when do we ever upgrade or change? And 
personally, I think the synergy of these two perspectives brings a lot of interesting opportunities for upper cervical. It's, it's not that one is right or wrong. We need to bring the strengths of both together in a productive way so that we can move forward together. And I kind of think this is the thrust of the ICA's Council on Upper Cervical Care, to try to converge the wisdom of the past with the latest science and innovation to guide upper cervical forward so that we can stay on the leading edge, but also do it in a way that is tested and is consistent and is with reverence and pays homage to you know the forefathers and the folks that have laid the groundwork for us to be where we are today. And I love to see chiropractors bring their strengths to the table. I mean, it shows us what's possible. It shows us that there are ends of the spectrum, you know, that as a upper cervical chiropractor, it doesn't, there isn't just one way to think or to practice upper cervical. For me, I'm inspired by it. You know, I, I have learned from folks with both perspectives. You know, I can relate to both points of view in certain ways, and I know a lot of you can too. And so I think that, um, you know, as I've observed these traits and highly effective clinicians, I think the key is they're highly effective. Right? These people are getting good clinical results. They have differences of opinion or differences of perspective, but there's lessons to learn from each. And so I would highly encourage students, if you're listening, to find mentors and folks that can help you learn and develop that sort of come from these two sides of the coin. Find rule breakers that'll help you challenge your thinking and assumptions. Find rule followers that'll keep you honest with uh, your effort and dedication to the fundamentals. At the end of the day, when, when I hear something that rubs me the wrong way, you got to kind of sit with that and figure out why. You know, I think that the gut reaction is to reject or attack somebody that says something that you don't agree with or don't like or rubs you the wrong way. But I think it's worth going in, inward with it and saying, hmm, why does that create friction for me? Why does that why is that idea met with resistance? You know, what are my preconceived notions that would reject, you know, a new way of looking at things? And uh, I think the traits that these folks have in common, again, uh, are the things that we all can and should lean into. Attention to detail, curiosity, and humility. And I think these are traits of excellent providers that as we learn from the rule breakers, as we learn from the rule followers, as we you know, seek to converge these ideas into progress for upper cervical care. You know, let's keep those three things in the front of our mind. Pay attention to detail, stay curious and intellectually stimulated by our work, and to, to be humble, understanding that it's bigger than any individual. It's bigger than us as uh, techniques. It's bigger than us as people with ideas. Uh, it's, about, it's about patients. It's about sick and suffering people finding the help they need uh, through scientific upper cervical care uh, with a grounding in philosophical principles about you know, what it means to be healthy and what it means to really thrive under chiropractic care. So so hope you guys got a lot out of that. If you've made observations of thought patterns of highly effective clinicians and have things to add, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, email me at blairchiropodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, after doing 80 some interviews with some of the leaders in upper cervical care and after spending, you know, six or seven years attending lots of conferences and seminars and and trying to glean wisdom from these people, these are some observations that I've made. And I, and I hope that in the future we can continue to build this list out. But I appreciate all of you upper cervical innovators. I appreciate all of you upper cervical traditionalists that are rooted in the tried and true ways. And uh hope that we can all move forward together.
Hey, we just wanted to say thank you for listening to Atlas of Chiropractic. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Go ahead and subscribe to the show and turn on notifications so that you're the first to know about new episodes. Leave a rating and review to let others know how you really feel about the conversations we're having. And last thing, check the show notes for relevant links, contact info, and resources that we mentioned during this episode. 